Welcome to the Energetic Radio Podcast. My name is Dale Sidebottom. Each week, I'll bring you inspirational guests who will help you bring fun, energy, and purpose into your lives. Let the show begin. Welcome to episode number 183 of the podcast, and today we are joined by the one and only two-time Premiership star for the AFLW Crows, Ange Foley. Now, I've wanted to have Ange on for probably a year now, but as we'll talk about in today's show, her schedule is next level. When you are mixing a full-time job, training, traveling, and being a semi-professional sports lady like Ange is... You can imagine finding spare time to do a podcast is just nearly impossible. So there's been one positive of the corona outbreak is that now there's a little bit more time in a day to sit down and have this podcast. And I've loved watching Angela's career since she started with the Adelaide Crows in 2017 for obviously the inaugural round of um, AFLW. And in that time, she's been a two-time premiership star. Um, And not only that, I just wanted to talk to her today about obviously juggling everything that she has to do, career, travel, sport, life, but as well, being a role model, seeing the rise of the game and, you know, how exciting that is for everybody else. And I think women's sport in general. And if there's anybody out there who's a superstar role model, it is Ange. And we she talks about that today and um, you'll get the same feeling that I do, I do as well. And not, not only that, she's also a teacher. So she's implementing all this stuff she's learning into her classroom by making new programs and really empowering women, uh, not only in Adelaide, but everybody, you know, young females, young males around the world that are going to watch women's sport, particularly the AFLW. Ange Foley is a superstar and she is such a great role model. And that's what really comes across in today's chat. So guys, as I always say, sit back, relax. This is episode number 183 with Ange Foley. Alrighty, guys, welcome to the podcast. Got Ange Foley here. Ange, how are you? Good, thanks. Thanks for having me, Dale. Always, always. Now, biggest question of the day is what was more exciting, us teaching PE together at New Merca or winning two flags for Adelaide? <laughs> oh, wow. That's a big one to start. <laughs> Definitely teaching with you, mate, for sure. <laughs> uh, now, let's get straight into it. So, obviously, since the AFLW in 2017, um, you've played in two flags. What was what was that like first? Let's get to the main part. Winning two premierships, what was it like? Yeah, I mean, uh, winning premierships, no matter what it is, um, you know, people who enjoy their sport obviously enjoy being successful. So, you know, it all comes with it and we're competitors and we, we enter things to win them, right? So, um, when you win, it's... Uh, all the hard work that you put in, I suppose, um, you know, makes it all worthwhile. So um, I feel like, you know, um, the AFLW, if we're going to speak specifically about that, I, I suppose that inaugural one um, is something that's pretty special, um, you know, for, for our club, for my teammates and, and obviously me as well. Um, you know, it, it was special and it's something that's it's going to be pretty amazing thing to look back at um, in terms of my achievements. So, um, yeah, it, it was great, and then and then last year um, was was also um, pretty exciting to to get that second one as well. So um, yeah, I mean it's a it's probably my biggest achievement, I suppose, in sport, um, which is great, and it's going to be something I look back on and be pretty proud of. 
Yeah, oh, it totally is. And, and to win a premiership in anything, like you said, is an amazing effort. But to actually have two premierships when there's only been, you know, three complete seasons is pretty amazing. Mm. So what were the expectations that first season? So first season AFLW, what, when you rocked up, what did you expect? Because I know you, you were playing like up in Darwin and things like this, but what was it like? Because it's, it's brand new. Yeah, it was different, I suppose. Um, you know, I've been playing footy and, um, you know, uh, you know, a little bit in Bendigo and then in Darwin. And obviously, um, you know, like all amateur sport, I suppose you you, you pay your way to, to, you know, you pay your fees and you pay to play. And, and then all of a sudden, bang, you, you're starting to get paid to play this game that I've just been playing for enjoyment and, and some fun. So, um, and then we're flying all over the country doing, you know, the game that we love, which is, you know, it's a bit surreal, I suppose. Um, uh, and and there wasn't any expectation, I suppose, being um, the Adelaide team that um, you know, we were a bit of an underdog that year. Um, we had, you know, seven, I think it was about nine, seven or nine, I can't even remember, girls that were on the list from Northern Territory, which is probably a third of our list. And uh, we had to come together on game day and train separately. And, and so I think people in the back of their minds thought, how is that going to work, you know? And... I might have put a bit of fire in our bellies, I don't know. And and then we were successful. We kept winning and which was great and ended up finding ourselves in the grand final. So um, you know, it's fantastic. And and that's I I know a lot of people probably listening don't realise that the, as you just said, half the team lived in Northern Territory. So you trained by yourself and that meant every single week you'd be working, you'd be training, and then you'd be flying somewhere. And um, I know if anyone's for listening around the world, if you've flown in and out of Northern Territory, the flights aren't the best all the time. How, no. how, how was that? Like, cause that's extreme, like just full on schedule. Yeah, it is. It, it actually is full on Dale. And when I was in it, I was kind of, like I said before, it was a bit surreal, you know, I was excited more than I was thinking about what was actually happening. If that makes sense. Yeah. Um, you know, it, when you do sit down and think about it and go, well, I would work from Monday to Friday as a teacher at school and on two of those nights I'd go and train and we would get home at 9.30 at night and have to cook dinner. In You know, in 2017 we were um, not supplied meals, so we'd cook dinner and you'd get to bed at 10.30 and you'd get up and you'd go to work the next day and you'd do that for five days. And then on Friday afternoon, yep, you jump on a, a flight that's um, minimum four hours. And on the Saturday, you play footy or even the Sunday. Uh, you get back sometimes, you know, 11 p.m., maybe even 12 or 1, because Darwin, um, it's always that um, red-eye flight. And you'd get up at 7 o'clock and go to school on Monday morning. So Wow. <laughs> it's, and you'd just do it all again and you did it for... I mean, you do it for eight weeks and it's kind of you blink and you miss it, um, I suppose. And in that first year when it was hectic like that, um, we won a flag at the end of it. So I suppose all the hard work and all the long nights and, and all that kind of stuff, it paid off. Yeah, that's I, I just think that's incredible because you see how far it's come now. And obviously you're living in Adelaide now, so your schedule's nowhere near as crazy. But um, one of the things you just said there is when you're starting out, you know, the meals weren't provided, but how has it changed over the start from, you know, obviously 2017 till this year, 2020, like um, how much more professional has it got? And um, cause I can imagine it's come on leaps and bounds with new teams and everything like that. Yeah. I mean, uh, for me, um, you know, being uh, a little bit isolated, I suppose in Darwin, we went from nine girls in the second season we had, 
um, about five. And then um, in that last season, uh, I think it was only a couple um, that were coming from Darwin. So once I moved to Adelaide, I found myself really immersed in the club and, um, you know, around the, the core of the group. And now everyone does live in Adelaide and I suppose that makes it easier. But, um, you know, slowly, slowly, I think, Dale, um, they, you know, there's a lot of talk about our pay and all that kind of stuff. And we're try we are trying to catch up with the men. But I'm a bit of a, um, you know... <laughs> I don't want to say old. No, no, no. <laughs> this is a touchy subject. I can see what you can, I'm looking at Angie. She's getting a little bit uncomfortable. And I, I must have been talking about this topic as well, but I think we just need to talk about it. Like, don't yeah. feel uncomfortable. No, I'm 31. No. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and being one of the older, older girls in the team, um, you know, you look at the 18 year olds and you think, well, one, you think, I wish I was them. Yep. <laughs> But, um, but two, you think, you know, we're building this for them and we're building this for um, the 15-year-olds and the 12-year-olds and the 10-year-olds even that are now looking up to us thinking that's what, what I want to do. And it will get there. Um, I'm just lucky I'm there right now, if that makes sense. And I'm happy that I'm playing the best sport in the world um, and paid a little bit on the side and, and getting to travel around Australia and, and play against... Um, you know, some talented athletes and, and enjoy it at the same time. So um, for me, yes, it is getting um, bigger and better and that's great. And I think the AFL are doing a fantastic job in the way that they're going about um, and building it slowly, slowly. And, and, and one day it will be as big as the men, but it's not yet. Yeah. And I think that exactly what you mentioned there, that everything starts somewhere, you know, like the AFL men's game has been around for over a hundred years and it progressively has got better. And um, you can see particularly, I think women's cricket has been at the forefront of, you know, leading the way. And you can see how much they've developed and now like the big bash and that. And for the AFL going only four years, fourth year, you know, like it's come on massively. So like you just said, with the eight, nine, 10, 12 year old girls around Australia, how has that changed in the time that you started? Like with the interest, with the fans, which we've just been a role model. Yeah, it's great. It's um, I'm a teacher as well, Dale. So, um, you know, you know, I've been in that kind of role model teacher space, um, you know, for, for nearly 10 years now. Well, I started off with you, that's right. <laughs> that, <laughs> Long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and so, um, for me, it's a passion of mine. And, um, like, I'm a teacher and I, I like to um, see myself as a role model and someone who, um, yeah, likes to, you know, bring everyone along with a, for the ride with me and, um and I suppose through my football, that's just um, advanced that a little bit. And um, you know, uh, you know, you have people on the on the sidelines now yelling out "Go, Miss Foley." It's sometimes <laughs> it's not air, just Miss Foley, which is great. Um, yeah, it's something I'm pretty proud of. I hope that um, that's what we're doing, and I know it, and I can see it. And there's young girls and boys that come along now, and um, you know, they're not wearing the the, the boys' guernsey; they're starting to wear the girls' guernsey, and that's uh, that's a pretty cool thing. Yeah, and that's a great point you just made that it's not just inspiring young girls, it's inspiring yeah. boys as well. And it, I think it's great yeah. that, you know, traditionally growing up that there's this stereotype, boys do this, girls do that. Whereas now sport, I feel, is breaking down all these barriers in such a positive way. So do you yeah. find now since that there are just nearly as many boys coming along that there are girls? Yeah, I think so. Um, 
I think it's a it's a it's a family thing, you know, and I, and it is for the boys' game as well. But it's the it's the family, it's the mums and the dads, and, the, and they bring their their sons and their daughters, and the grandparents come along as well. And um, I think the AFL have done that in terms of the fixture on a you know Sunday afternoon when you know it's family time, and what can we do but go down and and watch the crows play at a community oval for free and. Um, it's a nice Sunday afternoon activity and uh, they did that really well this year and we got some great crowds along. So, um, yeah, it's encouraging anyone. Yeah, and I, I do think that it's, it is making into a team sort of community atmosphere that works really well, which is great. Now, you just obviously mentioned that your season is very long. So you'll play the AFL season and obviously mm-hmm. we'll talk a little bit about Corona and the effects that's had, but then you also yeah. play the proper for, like a proper season. Like, yeah. how, how do you... like? Is you, are you finding issues with your body now, obviously being 31 and the workload that you're going on? Because just normally playing a football season, people break down. But if you're playing a pre-season, then you're playing AFLW, then you're playing a full season, surely that's taking its toll. Yeah, it does. You just, um, you know, and we spoke about it before. We're getting, um, you know, more and more um, exposed more and more to... Um, you know, these uh, professionals who are coming in and, and being a part of our program as well as they are the men's and they do a great job of making sure that, yes, the 30 club, the 30 plus club, I'm a part of that. I'd love to be a part of that. <laughs> <laughs> the mature club. Yeah, the mature club, yeah. Um, I looked after in terms of their load and, um, you know, our recovery obviously isn't as quick as theirs and, um, they're really good in making sure, and and it, and it comes down to us as well, making sure we put our hand up and and say, yeah, I haven't pulled up as well um, this week or or that. So um, yeah, they do a good job of that. Yeah, I, I think that's brilliant. So when you think about everything going on, when do you see the season running aside the men's? Like, how do you see it in five, ten years' time? And I know anything could happen. Like, look what's happened in the world in the last two months. Like, let's be honest. Um, but yeah. where, where do you see it going in, you know, five, ten years' time? Yeah, I think exactly what you just said. I don't see why it can't be just straight alongside the boys and and have a um, curtain raiser. I, I um, be amazing. Straight before the boys' game, um, our game is played and and back to back, just like um, you know, uh, GBFL the, yeah. the uh, <laughs> you know reserves before the seniors. You know why not? Why yeah. not? I love that. And I think it was like, you'll probably remember as a kid going to the footy that you'd get there early, you'd watch the twos play, which is obviously now the yeah. VFL or, and then yeah. you'd have something to watch. Whereas now if you rock up to an AFL game or even AFLW, yeah. you're just sitting around waiting. There's nothing yeah, to do. Exactly. Like it, yeah. And I can see that it's building for that. But again, like yeah. you said, it'll take time, won't it? Yeah, exactly right. Yeah. So when you look at everything you've done so far in AFL, what are you most proud of? You know, so are you, what do you look back at at the moment? Because I think each season's an opportunity to reflect and be proud of it. It's not one of those things you just wait to the end of your career. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the, you can't go past the premierships, Dale, I think. Um, you know, like I mentioned before, um, that first one, um, you know, it seems like it was 10 years ago, but it was only like three or four or something. <laughs> <laughs> 2017. Um, yeah, it was... Um, you know, it was special. Uh, it, it was a, you know, a really good bunch of girls. And um, I suppose when we get together for a reunion, we'll kind of, uh, you know, reflect on it a little bit more. But um, I think 
don't know, speak about, I'll, I'll probably wait till my um, career's over and, and look back and, and be really proud of it as a whole and, you know, about what I was able to be a part of to create something that's going to be pretty special and, and you know, in, in 10 years' time, it's hopefully, or five even, um, going to be as big as the men and, and we were there for that first year and that first game and that first round and there was a lot of firsts in that, in that year and... Um, <laughs> And we were the first premiers, so that was pretty cool. <laughs> oh, well, that's the thing. No one can ever take that away from you. I think that is yeah. just incredible. So for young girls out there listening, you didn't play footy your whole life, did you? you you're a late no. bloomer. Yeah. Um, I didn't actually play until I went across to Bendigo for uni. And um, I was at the Latrobe there. And we put a bit of a fun team together in the Southern Uni Games and um, so uni games, uni games yeah, started uni your games. career. That was my first ever game of footy. <laughs> first ever game of footy. And, it, and it wasn't as serious. It was pretty serious, Dale, but it wasn't as serious as the AFLW. It was, uh, you know, a bit of fun, and, <laughs> which is great. And then from there, um, Bendigo Thunder was formed. So the majority of those girls who played in that um, uh, Latrobe uni team, we went across and we were pretty keen on it. And um, we yeah formed the Bendigo Thunder and I played a couple of years there before moving to Darwin. Yeah, I, I absolutely love that and that you don't need to be doing something your whole life. And I think particularly you look at the AFLW when where there's been cricketers playing there, tennis players, hockey yeah. players, basketballers. Yeah. Like it's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And 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 the sports you just mentioned, I played. You know, growing up, athletics, netball, soccer, basketball. Um, so I've only really been playing footy for 10 years. And I mean, that seems like a long time, but in actual fact, it's not really. When you can say you've won two AFLW premierships and the rest, because I know you've got a very decorated career. Ed. So um, <laughs> the other thing I want to talk about is the program that you've started in Adelaide now with your school. Do you want to yeah. explain a little bit of that? Because obviously um, I have a lot of teachers that are listening and also yeah. um, parents and everyone. So I'm really inspired yeah. by your story that you've started late and, and the great work you've done, but now also what you've been able to sort of implement into your school. Yeah, so I came across to Adelaide last year um for to, to play footy and be closer to the team but also um just as a bit of a career change and um not not change i still wanted to be a teacher but just to just to branch out a little bit more so um when i came over i just thought i'd just do relief teaching for a year and um uh, picked up a bit of a coaching gig at one of the um girls private schools here at um seymour college and and from that i I really enjoyed it. I, I coached a little bit um, in Darwin and, and it was good, but I didn't love it. It wasn't a passion of mine. And, and people said to me, uh, you know, why don't you coach after your career? What, you know, footy career, why don't you coach? And, you know, as a teacher, they think, you know, why not? Why wouldn't you? And I thought, oh, just wasn't a passion. I just didn't want to do it kind of thing. And anyway, so I, I got a hold of this uh, middle school, um, year seven to nine um, girls AFL team at Seymour College. Um, in Adelaide and I absolutely loved every minute of it they were driven they were enthusiastic they wanted to learn um, we made the grand final but lost which was disappointing but um, it was great and they just they their skills and because of their attitude just went through the roof and I thought oh you know this is great for me that was inspiring and and whatever so I thought, what can I do now with these girls? You know, I can keep coaching them or, or whatever, but I had a bit of an idea with a couple of the teachers there and 
Um, we created a, a subject there called high performance sport. And I, I wanted it to be AFL, but um, you know, with it being in its infancy and um, the school's not a, a massive school, but um, you know, it's big enough, but we kind of have athletes that are performing at a high level in a lot, a range of sports. Um, so we thought uh, we'd open it up to yeah, a range of sports because we've got girls who are state softballers, state um, volleyballers, you know, a couple of who are really quite good at athletics and footy and, and I've got a really high performance rowing program as well, which is a big sport here in Adelaide. And so um, yeah, I have created this um, subject and it's only been going uh, since the start of this year. So it's, it is in its infancy, but it's basically um, built around um, teaching the girls how to be an elite athlete and what, what they need, what it takes. And, and for me, it's, um, it's really just, uh, I suppose, um, teaching them things that I've been taught through footy, through my footy, um, and even just through the Adelaide Football Club in terms of strength and conditioning and nutrition and leadership and all that kind of stuff. And um, yeah, so, so it's, it's in its infancy, like I said, it's only been one term and now we're a little bit interrupted this term, <laughs> um, the term that's coming up. But, um, the girls are loving it. They absolutely, I've, I've, I did get some feedback because, as you know, it's good to get, um, you know, in, in a program that's so young and, and some of them are saying it's their favourite subject, but they're learning so much. And we've done a bit of sports psychology. We've just done a technique analysis assignment. Um, and then, um, yeah, we, we teach them a lot about, you know, culture and building good teams and, and being leaders and because they are leaders in their own sports when they go off. So, um, yeah, that's the crux of it. I love that, And So is it really sort of empowering them with skills and sort of confidence that they can continue on after school and make a career out of it? Yeah, that's what I want. And if, and if they're good enough to do it, like, go for it. And they get, they get this a bit of, I suppose, um, groundwork um, and, and know what, um, you know, people are going to be looking for. Now, we talk a lot about their social media, and I know they're only in year nine and ten at this time, but, um, you know, start making them think about what they are putting up and who they are online and, and all that kind of stuff because it wasn't until I was in, in the elite um, environment that I started to learn about, you know, oh, great, you know, that photo that I put up five years ago probably doesn't look great now, you know. <laughs> that might come back to get me, that one. <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> so, I mean, I wish I had a program like this when I was going in through school, Dale, because, um, you know, that's what it is now. And we just spoke about being role models and, and girls are looking up to us and, and they are and, and I hope that I can, even if it's one or two things that I teach these girls and they really take away from, from this program, um, you know, it's, it's going to be good for them, surely. I absolutely love that. And I think one thing that comes back to, I talk about this a bit, Ange, that your personal brand and everybody's got a personal brand and it yep. doesn't matter what you do in life, everything you do affects that and it goes down yeah. to that. So if you're starting in a young age and you're doing things and you change, whatever, those effects or those, particularly social media, it's there to stay. Even if you delete something, yeah. someone will still have it or they can dig it up. So yeah. are you finding that that sort of light bulb is going off with these girls? They're like, yeah, oh, yeah. I understand now. And you've probably got examples yeah. of saying, I wish I hadn't opposed this or... <laughs> yeah. Well, I wouldn't put the examples up, but I can kind of just allude to them. <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine. <laughs> 
I, I think that's great. And if anybody is listening, that everybody does have a personal brand. It's really interesting to just note about that and think about it because everything you do, you have a digital footprint these days. And particularly, yeah. well, we didn't grow up with it. Thank, well, thank God. But now we yeah. are. And, and you're sort of figuring out things as you go. And it sounds like yeah. you're getting in early to really help these girls and so that they understand yeah. the implications of what they are doing. Yeah. And the great, the other side of it is their leadership, you know, because they can, they can now go off to their teams and they're obviously elite, they're, they're elite in their own kind of team um, that, they, that they play in, whether it's a school team or out of school team. And, and um, you know, it can be a bit of a snowball effect if they're going to go off and lead their teams in this certain way that, um, you know, that that's going to help, you know, everyone else that's involved in that as well. So yeah, well, so it's really that ripple effect. You're having an yep. impact and you won't even know the impact you're having, you know, because yep. I think you're such a role model now. And, and for women to see somebody that's semi-professional doing this, then they will go and tell others. They'll go and tell others, oh, Ange does. This yep. is what we need to do. Yep. So do you, yep. do, you th- do you see that, that you're having a bigger reach now than you thought was ever possible? Yeah, well, I mean, it's early, but I hope so. And um, I think, I think yes. Um, it's, uh, I mean, it's hard to gauge, right? And, and you know, I spoke before about giving examples. I feel like they do, that really hits home to them when I do use examples of myself. Um, you know, I, I, I'm human as well. And sometimes I don't do everything that's right by the book or, or what I probably should do. And if I'm going to, um, if I'm explaining something, I do try and use real life things. Um, examples of people, you know, in my team or, or, you know, when I was at school or, you know, my family. Um, you know, if you get onto these personal levels, especially with these girls, it really works. Yeah. And and I think what you're saying as well is that I think it's sort of, you know, similar. I used to teach at Cedar. And so you have the one group of students. And if you can be vulnerable and make an yeah. example of yourself, it really breaks down those barriers. And, and it all comes yeah. back to relationships. And that's essentially what you're building. And it's sort of like yeah. the primary school model, isn't it? Where you've got one yeah. teacher that teaches everything yeah. and you build so much trust. But now you're doing yeah. it with girls that really need that in the development stage. Yeah, and I mean, the beauty about this program, Dale, is that they're going to do it in year nine and they'll go all the way and hopefully I get them for four years. Wow. Um, nine, 10, 11, 12. And um, no, I mean, if it works, <laughs> um, yeah, it'll go all the way through and it, it, it will be a um, stage one, two subject um, through cross-disciplinary learning. Um, and so, um, yeah. Love, love that, Anne. That's awesome. Well, um, I know you appreciate your time, Anne. You're still teaching and it's all new with this online sort of setup, which we were talking a little bit about before. I've just got a couple of questions I always like to finish off with. And one yeah. of them is, if you could look back from everything you've done, you know, lived all over Australia, teaching, premierships, galore, you know, teaching in your Merca, whatever it was. Um, if, you could, <laughs> <laughs> if you could give your 18-year-old self one bit of advice from everything you've learned, what would it be? Um... I think make the most of your opportunity. Um, sounds a bit cliche, but um, I feel like I moved to Darwin because I wanted to. There was no real reason why I did that. Um, and I love the lifestyle up there. I still do. And I'd move back tomorrow if I could, if I could move states. <laughs> if, <I> could <laughs> if you're allowed. <laughs> I'm allowed to. Um, <laughs> But I think um, the opportunity up there uh, being, you know, a bit remote, a bit away from everyone, 
Um, I played six years of footy up there and made the most of the opportunity up there. Um, you know, I won some premierships up there and kind of got myself on the map. And, and um, you know, once the uh, partnership came out with the Adelaide Crows, um, you know, I put my hand up straight away. That's something I wanted to do. So, um, you know, I wanted to make the most of the opportunity of being up there, but also being a part of that um, partnership between the NT and, and Adelaide. So um, definitely make the most of your opportunities. But I think... Um, you know, stay humble and stay in the moment, I suppose. Um, I'm 31 and I'm pinching myself thinking, like, really? Are you playing elite elite sport, you know? Um, yeah, as I mentioned before, it's um, the AFL are doing a great job and I, I think what we've got in 2020 is a um, competition that may, may will probably, when they were talking about it at first, they didn't want it to exist until 2020 and we've had three years of it. So um, if we stay in the moment and just be grateful for what we've got, I think um, that's pretty important as well. Yeah, well, it does come back down to living in the present, doesn't it, Ange? And I think we can get so caught up in everything. And I think a great reminder is that uh, particularly the coronavirus, everything on, you can only sort of live day by day. Um, And I think that if the coronavirus is going to teach us anything, that is one thing that enjoy the moment, you know, enjoy the success you've had because it's amazing yeah. and um, so yeah. exciting. So when it's all said and done, what legacy does Ange Foley want to leave on the world? Wow, on the world? Uh, come the on, you guys think it is a big place. A big place, all right. <laughs> um, I think we've already mentioned it. I think a good role model and a leader. Um, everything that I've been a part of and I suppose teaching, you are you are automatically a bit of a leader. Um but, you know, the sporting teams that I've been a part of, I've, I've been a good leader and, and I hope I've been a good one. Um, I keep getting get, getting elected, mate, so I suppose, you know, I'm doing an okay job. <laughs> You're going all right there. Um, no, but a good model. Someone that people are looking up to in terms of um, either, you know, watching what I do or or I'm being able to lead and, um, you know, through this program of Seymour, I'm, you know... Um, sharing my knowledge with these girls and and they can then take it on when I retire, I suppose. I love that. And how cool would that be to see a couple of others running around, they could inherit the number three jumper at the Crows and take it over. So It's going to be a girl from Seymour. Okay, good. (laughs) All right, good. I like that. I like that. So, Ange, after this interview, people probably want to reach out and thank you. Where's the best place to find you, contact you? Um, where Where would we go about doing that? Um, yeah, you can. Uh, my Instagram's Foley88, um, but email address is angela.foley3 at outlook.com. And perfect. All right, guys, if you want to reach out to Angie, you can, Ange. Uh, for me personally, I know we tried to get this uh, interview a while back, but uh, busy yeah, schedules sorry, and everything. You're all right, mate. Don't worry about that. After hearing your schedule, I'm surprised <laughs> you've been able to fit me in anyway. So um, for me personally, just being able to watch your journey and what you've been able to achieve in such a short period of time and just a hard work and dedication that should be extremely proud of that because so many people want certain things, but they're not willing to work for it. And just hearing, yeah. and I, I know a couple of times I've worked up in the Darwin and getting back and forth, how hard is my body doing that every week, plus teaching, plus yeah. training. Um, you should be yeah. really proud of everything you've done so far, mate. Thanks, Dale. Thanks. And you too, mate. I um, watched your podcast on the weekend and that clapping thing, I cannot do it. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. I've tried two times and it's impossible. It's, well, it's not impossible. No. Yeah. 
my uh, it's my fun for the last two days, so I'm going to have to try it again. <laughs> good. Um, it's one of those I've practiced that a lot, Andrew. I didn't just roll oh, up great. and so okay. don't. I, and I can see too uh, that you're the sort of person that would not like that defeating you. No, no. <laughs> and I liked. I mean, um, quietly, I'm a Richmond supporter, so. Okay. Um, <laughs> I like the whole Richmond postcode thing. Thanks you like that. that? That's all right. No worries. When I was uh, when I was doing it, um, they said like, "Was we didn't uh, like a practice?" And they go, "Oh, Dallas going around the world." Um, I don't think people will know what Richmond is. The Tigers in AFL. I said, "Well, they should. It's the best game in the world." <laughs> Good. <laughs> uh, we're not taking that bit out. <laughs> no way. Not a chance. But uh, no, thanks again, Edge. I really appreciate you being on the show. No worries, mate. Thanks so much. Thank you.